Okay, another episode. Everyone, welcome to episode 43 of Creators Grab Coffee. Today we have Ryan Correll here with us from Tell Studios and Studio Sherpas. It's actually Coral. Coral? It's it's Coral. Oh, really? Coral. <laughs> See, I asked you your pronunciation, you know? I mean, just felt like... Before, I should have done that too. I should have just stuck with first name, Ryan from. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but what happens when they have also a complicated name, like in my case, you know? There's no, there's no chance for anyone. Well, you just butch, you just butcher, and you keep on going. You pretend like there's nothing wrong. That's the only way to do just it. Just smile and wave, right? Smile and wave. <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, welcome to the show. Very happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Nice. So I guess let's just get the intros out of the way. I'm not going to be able to explain who you are and your like your business better than you. So I'll just pass that over to you right now. Well, I feel like you should give it a shot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, in the uh, I started a production business in 2004. I was working at a small uh, college and convinced them to buy me a video camera and a computer, and that's how I was cutting my teeth and uh, doing that for uh, maybe a year or so. And just uh, I, I was like, man, I got I have to do this full time. And so I left the college and started doing a little bit of everything in the world of video. And then six months in, I filmed a wedding. I was invited by a friend, photographer friend of mine. I had a client that needed a video and they had 500 bucks and I shot this wedding and I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt like for the first time uh, I, I could really focus and like niche uh, with, cause I was doing just a little bit of everything up until that point. And so we built a brand around wedding films for almost a decade and got to travel, do amazing wedding films and, uh, you know, charge, I think as much as like $20,000 uh, for some of the wedding films that we've done, actually more than that, but um not, not way back then. And, uh, and then 2012, we launched a, a corporate brand, a corporate storytelling brand, uh, focused on, uh, brand films. And, uh, that brand today is really called tell it's really called, I, I'm not going to hold back the name guys. It's really called tell studios. And so that's the name of our production brand. And, uh, I've got a few, uh, full-time employees. We've got a studio near Detroit, Michigan, and then seven years ago, I started educating filmmakers, uh, and that business is called Studio Sherpas, and that's where we just talk about the business production. Sounds like similar to to what you guys are doing. What made you jump into like starting also like a an education brand as well? Because it, it sounds like uh, you started with weddings, then corporate, and then the education side of things, uh, and then to format it as a podcast. Yeah. So. The education stuff really started almost all the way at the very beginning. Uh, I, I went to a conference probably a year and a half into running the business, and it was a wedding and event filmmaker conference. It was in Vegas. I went and was blown away. You know, just all these amazing speakers, and my mind was just like opened up to so many new ideas and how I could market myself, sell what I was doing, add value to our clients, and really like it was just like a. a you know, I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school for video production. So it was like my first like intensive, like with all these sessions. And, and then I also was like, you know, I, I was on stage for other things before having a business. And so I, I love having a microphone. I love being on stage. And uh, I just thought like, how cool would that be to be able to share some of the things that I'm learning? And so I, I got really plugged into our local, we had a local video association here in the Detroit area. I got plugged in there, I eventually became the president of that association. And that was all just um, uh, free, like, right. I did, it was like almost free to attend. It cost like next to nothing to be a part of the association. 
our meetings were mostly free and I donated all of my time. And I did that for a bunch of years. And uh, eventually as our production business was growing, my team was like, Ryan, you got to stop selling. Like we're, we're just, we're too busy and we're, we just got too much work. And I was like, well, but I'm, I feel like I've got capacity. And it was sort of like serendipitous timing because at that, at that moment, I, I want, we, we had two kids and my wife was like, uh, man, like, I love that you're, you know, you love teaching and, you know, being a part of the association and like, you've got just this awesome network of other filmmakers and I go to events and speak at events and do these different things, but it's all just because I'm so passionate and love it. And we both were like, I was like, man, how cool would it be if I could actually make money doing that too? Right. But I felt a little guilty because I, I, up until that point, I just, I would do it because I love it. And, uh, anyway, so, uh, my friend Matt Davis and I, uh, were, were on a job together and we both just looked at each other and said like, what would it look like if we did this thing together and, and built an education brand and, uh, you know, had elements that, you know, have digital courses that people could buy and, uh, do an in-person event and just different things like that, that would cost money. And I, I just was like, man, I could pour myself into that and not feel guilty for charging because it really is like, I mean, the, the, the value of what I think I can bring and how I can help people learn in their businesses. That's, that's, that's worth, uh, it's worth a lot of saved time and, uh, and resources. So, uh, so that's, that's really where, um, I mean, I feel like I've always been teaching and sharing, uh, but in 2016, when my team was like, Hey, slow down. And I was like, I don't want to slow down. I want to keep going. I had some capacity and I said, all right, this is like, this is good timing to, to launch this, this new thing. I've never heard of uh, people saying, uh, stop being so successful with your selling. It's, it's too much. This is a first on the podcast. I will say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a little frustrating, but you know, it's, it's interesting too, because, uh, we, we just didn't have the, 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 um, infrastructure to handle the more work. And back then we didn't, we had a producer who was kind of our, like our project manager, but not, not organized enough to be able to handle more stuff. And we, we weren't tapping on a big enough, uh, contractor database to, to be able to help with, you know, offloading some shoots and offloading some edits. And so it was, it was kind of a bummer, but at the same time, it was good for me because I, I could start this other business and, uh, do something else that I'm super passionate about. Can you tell us a bit about the uh, transition you, you did going from being a, you know, well-established wedding company to then going into corporate? Like, what was that like? And what, what prompted you to switch? I really, really love weddings. I, a lot of people were like, dude, like not for me. Or I shot one. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, if weddings were Monday through Friday from 9am to 5pm, I would do them all the time. I just, really, I'm eh? super good at it. I love being with the couple and just in being, being like a, a source of peace for them on this like insane day or this insane weekend. Um, you know, I, I love making dumb jokes and getting people just to laugh and to loosen and, and just to think like, Hey, remember, and because I remember my wedding day and it just, it goes by so fast and it's hard to be in the moment. And so I feel like I just know that, right. So I'm, I don't want to like call myself a counselor, but I feel like on those <laughs> occasions, like I can come alongside them and just say like, Hey, like take a moment, like walk away from everybody and just like take a couple of breaths, look at each other and just be like, this is the, this is, this is our day. This is the thing. And, and just like, think how cool this is. So I just, I love that experience. But as our kids were getting older and I, you know, dedicated almost a decade of like 
two or three days a weekend filming weddings and it was just a lot. And I had a bigger vision for what I wanted out of life. And, uh, as much as I love filming weddings, I was like, I, I think some things need to change. And I also really loved the pieces that we were creating, the stories that we were telling, and I felt like they were meaningful. And it wasn't until my friend Patrick Moreau, do you guys know Patrick from Muse Storytelling? I, I remember no. uh, oh, Patrick man. from Muse, yeah. Yeah. So he he had mentioned to me, he's like, dude, he's like, you know, businesses, like they have like powerful stories. The founders, people start businesses because they think that they can change the world. And so that for me gave me some hope because I didn't care to make a business more money as just like the least of my concerns. But when I started thinking in the context of like, oh, you're right. Like even my story as a business owner, like I, I, I want to have an impact in a couple or a family's life and create these legacy pieces. And so, yeah, I guess a, a founder has a powerful story. And so uh, that's, we decided we would start uh, telling stories for brands and businesses and um, slowly and surely we kept charging more and more for our wedding films and we're getting hired less and less, but you know, the times that we were, I mean, the last handful of weddings, we've charged like $25,000 for those things, but totally. we might do wow. maybe one every other year. So it's not, not even like we're doing, we used to do 30 or 40 a year. And, um, you know, today we do, uh, I don't even know if we have one on the books for this year, but we did one last year. It's the first one that I had filmed in like four years, uh, was in New York and it was for, a, for a past client of ours and like 25,000 bucks. And it was like, worth it. <laughs> that, that's so that's good. kind of this transition. Um, yeah. Once, once you get into the volume side of like weddings, that's when time gets eaten up like crazy. So, uh, I, I do feel, I do see what, what you mean where there's a, there's only so far you can go with weddings, uh, like in the grand scheme of things in terms of like what's capable down at the end of the day, because there's like, there's a cap on that business. There is a cap. And also you're telling, technically you're telling the same story over and over and over and over again. Obviously it's unique to each couple in terms of like where it is, uh, who they are as people, you know, maybe the energy and tone, but at the end of the day, the same plot is happening. You know what it's like, Carol? It's like an edit with like every, like, each wedding is a new edit of the same video. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the same skeleton is there, but maybe sometimes people want to work with different skeletons of story. You know? <laughs> I don't know if that, that analogy works. But so I, I will say, and that's that's what people that's what people would say. But like for me, like every single wedding, even though I was shooting like thirty plus a year, everyone was in. In a lot of times, we'd be at the same venue because we became like preferred vendors at some some places. And, uh, and sure there were certain things about the venue itself. I'm like, oh gosh, that there's that one, the church lady is going to be there and she's going to be really mean to us. And then, <laughs> you know, this place has this like terrible lighting and whatever. But at the end of the day, like it was, it was a brand new experience for me every single time because of the couples, the families, it was always a challenge. One of my top five strengths is woo. Like it's winning others over. So I just feel challenged every time to like, try to get people to like me and, uh, so, you know, every wedding was a new challenge to, um, to just try to inject peace and joy and, uh, and fun in their, uh, in their wedding film experience. So I never really got like tired of like, oh, another couple, another marriage, guess what's going to happen at the end. They're going to kiss and they're going to be married. Like that to me was like, no, this is cool. Like, and, and I know what we give them is unique and special for them. So 
Yeah, it may be the same for us, but it's it's completely new for them. And sometimes it's good to feed off that energy. And I really like what you said about being the source of peace for them, because I, I feel like as as content creators, whether you're doing weddings, whether you're doing video, uh, like uh, corporate videos, commercials or anything like that, the, when you're dealing with clients, whoever they might be, you need to be that source of peace for them because Things happen on set all the time that are unexpected where you've dealt with it before, so it's not a problem. But that's the first time the client is experiencing that. And you have to take them aside and say, no, don't relax. Don't worry. We're going to figure this out. Like It's all good. Yeah. Like I, I did a shoot. Uh, we did a shoot recently where uh, we were working locally in the U.S. And we had hired a crew there with our own team, especially our own makeup person. And this was communicated to the client originally. And when I showed up with the client on set, their client already had a makeup person there. So we got stuck with two makeup people on the same shoot, which was a little bit of an awkward situation because that that was a first. <laughs> that was a first. And they both knew each other. Luckily, they also knew oh, each gosh. other, so there weren't That's any funny. there weren't any problems there. So I we uh, we right, figured right, it right. out. And essentially, I what I did was I, I brought the client aside because I could tell that she was freaking out, not not sure what to do here. And I said, "Don't worry." We're, we're going to make it work. Uh, we're going to have that makeup artist focus on this and this makeup artist focus on that. I had a conversation with each of the makeup artists to make sure everyone was on the same page. And at the end of the day, it all worked out. The client was happy. My client was happy. Everything went well. So things happen on set. And like you said, be that source of peace for your client. Yeah, even if you don't, even if it's something brand new for you uh, to, to be able to have a poker face and just and just know that, hey, we're going to figure this out. Right, because that's what we do, right? We, when you have a producer mindset, problem solvers. It, like our job is like it's you're putting out fires, you're figuring out you know how to solve problems and uh, and try to be creative al along the way. And sure, you get stuck, but uh, <laughs> sharing your stuckness or your frustration or anything like that with a client, there's never uh, a good reason to do that. Like on set, uh, especially, but um, you know, off offline, sure. Like having conversations, debriefing and unpacking what worked well, what didn't. That's great to have with a client. But in the moment to to pass any stress uh, to a client where where they probably can't solve any of the, the issues or problems is just not, uh, it's just not a smart thing to do. You're the last line of defense. That's the thing. That's how I see yeah. production yeah. sets. The producer is technically the last line of defense for the client in terms of, how to solve certain problems on the set, right? All the other crew members are there to help and are, are to help you guys uh, solve that issue. But at the end of the day, if the the main point of contact that is dealing with the client starts panicking and the client sees that, then they're going to panic. You have to be cool, calm, and collected and, and show that no matter what happens, you'll figure it out. And even if it's a, if it's a challenge that may not 100% be uh, fixable, you have to think about what kind of alternatives you could do in, um, on the fly, especially when time is ticking. Because on, on set, time is ticking. You only have certain people for a certain amount of time. And if, you can't, if you're not comfortable making quick decisions, then, then you need to work on that if, if you want to be a producer. Right, totally. So you mentioned you're focusing a lot on the story aspects of, of a business. So um, did you have a lot of trouble like trying to pitch that to certain companies or was it like they kind of understood your vision for it right away because i've noticed a lot a lot of new businesses are trying to go in that direction now but before i don't think it was kind of the norm 
you know, a lot of times people will call us and say like, Hey, we need a video. And so, you know, I just try to ask as many questions as possible to figure out like, well, what, what is the problem here? And start with the end in mind, or like, what does success look for you guys, look like for you guys? <clears throat> if, if, if it's an agency or somebody that has a creative team, they might, might already have like boards and like, you know, they're like straight up, this is what we need you guys to do. It's like, cool. Like if we know that on the front end, it's like very easy for us to build an estimate out and quote that out or whatever. But if people need to rely on us and lean on us for, uh, for our expertise in our brain power, not just our cool cameras and our ability to shoot and light and get good sound, then our recommendation is always to, to do a workshop with them. And what I b tell them basically is like, I mean, I can give you a quote for this job, but if you, from the, from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like you, you really want to lean on us and our expertise. And if that's the case, then what we need to do is workshop and all get in alignment. You get an alignment with your team and, and us to get an alignment with you with, with what's actually needed, take you through our storytelling process. And from that workshop, we'll create a blueprint couple of weeks after the, the workshop we give this blueprint that is essentially everything that we've talked about, but you know, in a nice document, in a form where you can look at it, you can share it with your team. People can say like, yeah, this is the video that we're talking about. In the workshop, that's where we start talking about, because, you know, on the front end, they might've said like, well, we, we really needed like an about us film. Like, and, and we, you know, we want to have, we want a cool story. Uh, we want to share our capabilities and all of this, all of these things. And so that really, that's like, it's an informational piece, right? There's no emotion. There's no, like, there's no drawing the viewer in. It's just like, well, maybe with like an epic drone shot. Uh, but you know, <laughs> outside of that, it's just like, here's how cool we are. Here's all the great stuff that we've done. Here's why you should hire us. And quite frankly, that might be okay, like really far down in the, in the, like the sales marketing funnel, but with how they've described where they want to place it in their funnel, you know, front and center on their website and how they want to use it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's not the same thing. So we always ask them, one of the very first things is, are, are you, do you want a piece that's information or informational or inspirational? And they're like, well, I mean, both. And then we show them, you know, well, here's an informational and here's an inspirational. And they're like, we're like, which one do you like? And which one do you they're like? Oh, uh, that one. And, and, and it's usually always the, the inspirational piece, which is the story, right? So without them understanding, and as we explain, you know, why, you know, the, what the difference is between it's like features, benefits. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And people need to know that at some point before they hire you. But if you want to get their attention and if you want to have a piece that, that makes, uh, that, it, that is your differentiator, it's your, it's your story or it's the stories inside of your business. And, it, and it's not like somebody just like going through all this data and all this information. Like, I mean, quite frankly, that stuff can get pretty boring, right? Uh, but if you want to get people to lean in and you want them to connect with you and to build trust, you, you have to tell like real authentic stories. So we don't like, we don't like force people into that. We just try to get them to understand what, what they're choosing. 
And in most of the time, what they, what they really want is, is that emotive piece, you know, but they, they haven't seen it. They don't know how to articulate it. They say their competitor has something that's like super epic and drone shots and like cool stuff in their factory and whatever. And it's like, you know, 98% of our clients are satisfied and, you know, just like all the things. And it's like, ah, yeah, cool. Got 30 years in business and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but like when you're like interviewing the lady who's worked there for 30 years at the front desk and she kind of gets teared up because she's like, this place is everything to me. This is my family. Uh, like, I mean, the difference between those two pieces is like night and day. And, and it's some people at the end of the day, they're like, no, we need an informational piece. You know, if you can make it interesting and whatever, that's, that's what we want. It's like, cool. Like if you know exactly what you're, what you're asking for and what you're, what you're getting, then that's that you're informed. And, um, that's, that's how we go about that. So is your, is your workshop part of your, it's separate from your pre-production process, essentially, is that what you're saying? Or, or is it part yeah, of Yeah, I mean, we, we use it, you know, so we do the workshop. It's 2,500 bucks right now. I'm thinking about raising the price to 5,000, but the workshop is a two hour deal. Uh, it's, um, they're not agreeing to anything outside of this $2,500 workshop. So we're going to give them the blueprints. Uh, if we get to the end of the workshop and they don't like the workshop, we just tell them we'll give you your money back. That's a great selling point. And people are like, oh, cool. And then I always say like, nobody's ever asked for their money back, but like that option is there. So we get to the, the end of the workshop and then we deliver the blueprint. In the blueprint, we're going to have two or three different options, like packages that we're, we're suggesting based on the things that you guys talked about. And you're going to be able to see like, oh, this is, uh, you know, the cost difference between, you know, one day and two days or... Uh, you know, doing everything local versus uh, travel. And, and so we, we're, we're going to lay those out for them based on everything that we've already talked about. So there's really no surprises in the blueprint. It's like things that we talked about. And then we also don't let them book the workshop unless they have a budget range that they are committing to this project. And they may not know exactly, but we tell them we're not going to do, we're not going to spend two hours with you and your team with, with no idea on how much you guys want to spend on this. Because if we give you a, a blueprint that has a hundred thousand dollar option in this whole time, you're like, you, you have $8,000 to spend. Like we just wasted your team's time and our time. Well, we didn't really waste our time because we made 2,500 bucks, but don't, you know, let's, let's be big boys and girls and, and just say like, this is what we're, you know, we want to stay on the lower end of this range. And, and that's great. It's like, cool. We're going to give you options. And if we can do this efficiently and keep it lower, then great. And we may give you one that's actually a little bit more than what you, you said your range was, but that's including all of the things that you guys said were on your, your wish list for this, this project. So we do the blueprint and then our team nine times out of 10, probably more than that. 95% of the time clients are choosing a package out of the three that we've proposed. And then we start the project and then our team has this blueprint, right? And if there's more questions, pre-interviews, you know, other things that need to happen, uh, scouting and all that stuff that, that happens in addition, but it's just a lot less pre-production work typically that needs to happen because we've done a good bulk of the work, uh, in that workshop. That, uh, what I like about that is you're, you're really like finding a way to, to service them in a way that's beneficial to them and not just for you. Cause what you said was, um, what a lot of people will probably hear about uh, your approach with the workshop, it's like, oh, great, this is this is a, an easy way to make twenty five hundred bucks for two hours of work. But you're being very uh, careful uh, for the client and saying, hey, like this is something we do for the projects, but you still need to be able to 
set aside a budget of this range so that we can give you a proper a proper recommendation in the workshop because um, if if you can't do that and we find that out in the workshop then like for us yeah sure we made we made some money but that's going to be a disservice to you and we want to we want to communicate and make sure that uh, you know what is expected and what we're trying to do with this workshop. The workshop is there to benefit you, not us. That is that is the whole point. And it's it's actually not two hours because it's two hours of them presenting it to them. It's the probably the one to two hour call he's doing with them beforehand, plus the work putting the entire no 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 thing together. No? no, he they discover that stuff there, right? Because I, I think it's, oh, so you actually yeah. do oh I see. yeah. Oh, so it's okay. twenty minute, twenty or thirty minute discovery call where I'm like, hey, what? what? Do you guys have uh, boards for us or do you need our expertise? Oh, we need your expertise. Cool. So that's a 20 or 30 minute call. They're, they're booking the workshop and then we're jumping in it to our workshop. Oh, that's genius. So you're basically doing like an RFP, but you're getting paid for it. It's paid. What the hell? That's, that's genius. Okay. We, we tell them, you get this blueprint, you don't have to use us, right? We're going to give you three pricing op options. So it, it will give you an idea if you hired us, what it's going to cost. But you could take this to any other video company and say, like, here's what these guys, you know, like, so for any RFP or RFQ that you get, <clears throat> I'm always like, man, I wish they would have just hired us to take them through our process. And then they could have sent a well-informed RFP to a bunch of video companies that would be like, oh, OK, it's two days of shooting. It's going to be, you know, all of the things instead of like, you know, some people who've never done video, like, well, what do we need? A two minute video. You know, and they just come up with a bunch of things. So that's helpful too. People are usually like, oh, no, no, we wouldn't hire somebody else. I'm like, it's fine. Actually, we've made our money with the workshop. So if you did want to shop that around anybody, it's it's no offense here. That's totally your, your you paid for it. That's what you get. I, li I like that because you leave it, you leave it so that it's not like you're locking them in, like you're not giving them the impression that they're locked in to moving forward to the next stage of the process or anything like that, which might make decision making a lot easier for them, right? Because with any business, when you need to spend marketing dollars, uh, you're going to be hesitant to spend to commit to fifty thousand uh, dollars as in one decision, right? But if you have to commit to fifty thousand dollars, but first commit to five thousand, then another five thousand, then another five thousand, then another five thousand, those are smaller decisions, so they're a lot easier to kind of digest for people and. I mean, also, why wouldn't they go with you if you provided the blueprint? Because you know the content right then and there. So probably 90% of the time, they're going to go with you at the end of the day. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's been 100% of the time they've gone with us. Wow. So any other, like any, but any other video company that they're talking to, most all of them don't offer this. So it's a, it's a differentiator for us. We get in the door. We get two hours with the CEO, the CMO, the, you know, the communications person that reached out to us. So we get all this time to build rapport, to build relationship, and then we give them this document. There's no reason in the world that they would want to go with somebody else unless there was just this clash of personalities yeah. and they were just like, these are not the right fit guys. And if that's what we figured out in a two-hour workshop, I'll give them their money back and that's that's totally fine. Like, I don't want to work with them. And yeah. and they don't want to, and that's that's really good. So to have a low-priced, you know, offer like this, this is we went from, you know, average... Uh, brand film being like twenty, twenty-two thousand dollars, and it's like a tough pill to swallow for somebody that's talking to us for the first time that's never done a video that wants to do this epic film to go from zero dollars to you know never spent 
never bought a video before to over $20,000. And now we can be like, oh, you know what? Actually, you know, we have this like piece in between. We have this workshop, it's 2,500 bucks. And really this was born out of, we worked, we had a university client and there, they had to get approval for anything over, maybe it was over $5,000. Yeah, and so I just like said, that. man, if we had, if we offered them this for 2,500 bucks, they wouldn't even have to get approval. So then, oh, okay. then we could go through this. <laughs> and then if they needed to send an RFP out to, to other people, they could, but the, even if they, you know, other people are, uh, quoting close or whatever, we still have the relationship. Like we, we already own that part. Yeah. Uh, so in, in it, in it worked, they were able to like, oh yeah, cool. Like we don't even have to ask for permission. Let's do this workshop. And I'm like, oh man, this is great. And, uh, yeah, we've done, uh, I think a lot, a lot of money in just the, the, the workshop itself and which has led to, you know, multiple, multiple six figures, uh, projects probably more well the great thing is you're making it a lot easier for them as well which is a big thing you're also getting really good face time with a lot of key people within the business and my favorite part though is that that allows you to discover things about the client that they probably didn't even think about sharing with you because a lot of the time yeah you might figure out like okay what is the goal of the video what do you want it to accomplish what targets do you want to hit and then maybe you might go back and like come up with some ideas and then present it to them. But what I really like about this is that this is where you can really dive into who is part of the organization and who might be an interesting person to to interview. Because I'm even thinking to myself right now, it's if I get into that room and I'm talking to everyone, it's like, okay, great. This is, you want to go with the inspirational piece, like as you mentioned. Um, tell me about some of the people that work within the organization. Like, uh, what are some of their stories? You know, it's like, oh, we have this person, like you said, who's worked at the organization for 30 years. It's like, really? Why did why have they been here for 30 years? And then, then something can come out of that that they never would have even uh, thought about. And then that way you could start exploring different kinds of projects that you wouldn't have figured out if it was just a simple discovery call and then presenting like a few ideas based on what's there. And it's definitely really is a lot more customized to them as an organization. And They'll love it. They'll see the passion in you. And yeah, why wouldn't they go with you at that point if you're passionate about working with them on that? The really underrated feature about all that too is that you're getting real-time feedback. Yes, yes. From the lead, right? So you can understand if yeah. you're trying to say like, okay, maybe they might like this video and you could tell on their face. It's like, eh, not really. It's like, okay, that's just one of the options. What about this one? And here's the other thing is we don't, uh, it, when we first started doing these, we felt like we needed to on the spot come up with some really cool ideas for them. But then we realized like, no, this is, it's all about gathering information and it's about getting them in alignment with each other. Because normally what happens, somebody on a team gets tasked with like, Hey, go out and find out, get some estimates from some video companies. Okay. And that's, this person goes out and they come back and they're like, okay, yeah, just hire that one. Like, let's do that. They, they sound like, okay, cool. So then, then, and then that's your point person, but you, you're working with somebody who's got a team and we never really got in a room on a regular basis with the stakeholders, with anybody that cared. We would do a project. We'd work with this one person. We'd edit it. We'd finish it. They, and they're like, okay, great, great. And then we're done with the project. And then a week later, uh, my CEO just looked at the video and she can't believe that, <laughs> you know, we interviewed such and such That's person. every company. We just dealt with that recently. And I'm like, wait, what? 
you've already approved this. Like you said, it was great. Now you're just showing it to somebody that matters, that that actually is going to speak it. So then we got to go. And it was this awkward. We felt indebted to them, like, or we felt like we needed to like do this stuff for free. Like, and it was their fault because they didn't do a good job communicating. So instead of like relying on that one person, now we're like, okay, we're going to do this workshop. You need to bring in all the stakeholders. Now, if they're not able to bring in all the stakeholders, but bringing in all the stakeholders normally happens because they, they're invested. They're spending $2,500. People who pay, pay attention, right? They pay attention. So people are in there and uh, if for whatever reason the CEO or somebody else wasn't in there, they still get the blueprint. And the blueprint, when they see the first draft of the video based out on the blueprint, there's zero surprises. We've never had anybody be like, what is this? Where in the past, we would set a, a V1 and we'd close our eyes and we would just hope and pray that they would <laughs> like it. And, and, and not be too surprised because we, we, we were like, well, let's try this opening. Cause we think it's really cool. And, and then, you know, they're like, this is the worst. Or we, we, we wait for, wouldn't hear from them for days and like, oh no, no, like do that. And then they're like, oh yeah, it's me. Or like, no, it's the worst. So we, we avoid all of that now because they see this blueprint. They're like, yeah, this is the direction. This is the vibe. Sometimes we'll throw in some song samples. We'll, we'll show them a couple of video samples and there's just no surprise and they can get buy-in from their CEO with the blueprint if they can't make the meeting. And so nobody's getting in trouble. The communications person or whoever got tasked with finding the video company, they're like, that person is a hero now. They're like, man, that was a great workshop. Wow. This is a cool process. You know, first draft of the video, this whole thing worked out great. What I love about this is that it addresses so many issues that can come up later on with just simply a two-hour meeting. It is It is probably the most genius bit of information that has actually probably been shared on this podcast, I have to say. I mean, oh, wow. We've talked a lot about how, you know, you got to really nail down your pre-production, this, that, and the other thing. And then you, you just enlightened us to the step before the pre-production, essentially. Maybe other people do this too, but they just don't want to share it. But uh, what I love it is that it's, it's, not, a, it's not something that is like, uh, it's going to be the secret sauce or anything like that that uh, defines a production company. What it essentially does, it's like an, it's a tool to help things run smoothly, right? So that the actual creativity oh and yeah. the real work can actually shine. Because like, there have been many times where you you do a creative, they're, they, they, they agree to it in the pre-production, everything goes good. And then later on, they might be like, oh... Yeah, we need to change something completely. And then the video becomes Frankenstein, completely different from what was the original vision. And then it's like, okay, well, there you go. And then at that point, you're upset also because it's like, oh, now it's not exactly like how I envisioned it, you know, but I, I like it. And especially what Dario said is that it, with the real-time feedback is is so key because you can feel out what they're looking for, what, they're, what they aren't looking for. And even if it's just to go, like what you said, inspirational or informational show them specific examples of what that means and if they say oh yeah, yeah we just need something informational because we need to do this and this okay perfect boom done step next steps let's go yeah so it's been a game changer when did you start implementing that approach like how did you come up with that 2016 uh that's when we did our first workshop i had hired a consultant to to help me with some stuff and he charged me and he was a friend uh but his consultant he was like 2,500 bucks. And he said to me after we met, 
and I hired him. He's like, hey, I do want to talk to you about some video stuff. And uh, he's like, but, you know, maybe like more strategy. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, how does $2,500 sound for that meeting? He's like, that sounds great. And I was like, are you serious? So it was kind of like a <laughs> Frankenstein approach where I was just like, I was going to ask a lot of questions. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody just paid me 2,500 bucks for two hours that you know, I just asked a lot of questions. And then I presented him like a couple of page, like so a lot of more strategy. And, and really I, at the end of the day, I was like, you shouldn't really be doing a video right now. You should do a podcast audio thing and whatever. Um, but that's, that's, that was the first step. And then the very next one we said, this, this can be like very specific to a story or to a video. It doesn't have to be like an overall video strat, video marketing strategy. It's like, you've got a need for a video. Like, let's just brainstorm. Let's, pre, let's do pre-production and get people to pay for our time right here. Yeah. You're actually streamlining a, a good portion of the pre-production process because it takes time to brainstorm ideas, develop them. Um, especially if you're doing it on your own and bringing the client into the brainstorming process. I think that also makes them excited because it's, it's a whole new experience for them. And then they get to see how excited you are about what that entails necessarily. And it, it, there's just so much good that can come out of it and, and good way to also spot red flags. Like you, like you mentioned, especially very good way to spot red flags. I'll also say we've had people who have moved on from it because you're in a room with multiple people and some of the, they're, they're all like important. They all play a role, but they don't stay at that company. And we, we, I, I chatted with a gal two weeks ago, uh, fr from a company that we hosted multiple workshops with. And she's like, I've been telling my new team that we need to bring you guys in so that we can go through the workshop just because she knows like how valuable it is and that she will be seen as a, a mini hero, uh, if, if they are to go through this process. So it doesn't just work for that client's. But it can work for, you know, people that move on and go to the next place. You know, it's one thing to say, like, oh, I worked with the video team and at my previous, you know, and, they, and they're great. But, you know, again, she's not committing her team to a $20,000 video. It's like, oh, it's a $2,500 workshop and this is why we should do it, blah, blah, blah. And the brilliant thing is also you're actually providing like a deliverable for them at the end of it in a way as well. Something for them to actually take back and present to their team, see what the whole process would entail. And then that way, anyone who wasn't there can can basically see essentially what that is. Uh, you basically productized the, how do you say, like the the summary brief or like the, or like the pitch document. That's kind of what you've done, yeah. it, which is- he's turned, he's turned himself into a consultant, at least for that part of the, the process, which is you know, which, so is, key. which is great, yeah. So key, because yeah. a lot of what we do is consulting before we even get to pre-production. Yeah. And totally. it takes time, totally. it takes time. And I think, the consolidation of doing it in a in an in-person workshop meeting saves everyone time. And that is the biggest thing. You know, it, like the imagine if you had to break that down into like two or three meetings where you do like an like a half hour call with the client, learn some information, then go back, half hour call with them, show them some ideas. Oh no, we don't like that. Okay, let's go back and figure out some other ideas. You get all that done in one go and big time saver, especially for not only you, but also for them as well, which is a good way to put it. I'll say that what, why this works so well is because we're, we're really trying to gear them toward or, or lead them toward doing a brand film. 
if they came to us and they weren't really sure what kind of video and they and they wanted some options, then it might get a little bit more confusing and, and a little bit harder because then there might be a need for some creative to to happen in the workshop or in the in the blueprint itself. So because we we love doing brand films or like, you know, transformational type stories, it, it works very well there. So that what we're pitching is documentary style. It's really going to come out of the interviews. We're going to ask them in the workshop. We're going to talk about some visuals and some ideas that they might have or, or think that might be required in this piece. But again, we're not presenting, we're not writing, in most cases, we're not writing scripts. It's, it's like, here's the idea. This is the flow. This is what you want to communicate. And it's going to come out. We're going to draw it out of the people. We're going to do the best that we can. So it, it removes that feeling of having to present like an amazingly creative idea. I mean, how many, how many times have you offered an idea, a creative idea, uh, or just like something that you just thought was like really epic before somebody has even signed a contract with you? with a potential client. That's happened to everybody hundreds of times. <laughs> everybody. And then, and then like, and then how many of those times do they just like, you know, not hire you and, and not really care about, they might be like, oh, that's cool. But then they just don't, they don't hire you. Or if they do hire you, they don't care about that idea. They've got like some other vision or some other idea. Because you haven't connected, the problem is in those times, you haven't connected that idea to their brand and them. And that is why they don't see it as something really epic, you know? Like, like, I mean, you think about with so much content being posted nowadays, there's so much epic stuff and cool stories and all that aspect online, but no one relates it to the audience that they're, that they're showing that to. And especially when you're showing it to a client, if you're going to pitch an idea, you can't just say, let's do an epic walking uh, one-take video because that's the trend that everyone's doing right now. They're going to be like, okay, sounds cool, but like, but why? But if you say, like, for example, uh, like, here's one cool example that just came to, to my mind. There was this video that was done by Johnny Walker, where it was all done in one take. And the guy was talking about the history of Johnny Walker to the camera while walking down a dirt patch road. And trail. Yeah, I know. Which, I know what you're talking about. You know exactly which one so I'm talking good. about. And it, yeah. he's, he's, he's giving a great like description of like what Johnny Walker has done over the years. And at the end of it, when you think about it, He's just simply walking, just like the brand name, Johnny Walker, right? And that was a little, I, I can see that there was probably that correlation that was done in the pre-production. And I think they really liked that. And that's why that that trend that they that was happening at the time applied to that creative. So that is the key thing. And that's why the workshop is so good for that. Wow. I, I got to say, yep. we already hit the 12, we're already at 1250. Like this whole episode has been around <laughs> your workshop element because there's just like, honestly, but there, there's so much to unpack there. And uh, I, I, I kind of like it that we've, we've kept it to that uh, focus for now. But yeah, because like, I know you, you have a hard stop within a few minutes. He's got a hard stop at once. So why don't we do the, uh, the closing remarks, Ryan? Why don't you uh, plug your, um, your, your site and the, uh, the other, uh, what do you call it? Studio Sherpas? Tell studios, tell everyone where we, where, uh, where where they can find you. If you want to see our production work, it lives at tellstudios.com. We're actually niching. Uh, we're we're kind of going through our, a big. Uh, I haven't been excited this excited about my production company in in probably over a decade. Uh, with what has transpired over the last six weeks. So uh, things are going to be changing uh, soon on our site, but you can just see some of the work that we're doing and uh, see our team and and 
Sierra Studio, all kinds of fun stuff there. Studiosherpas.com is where all of our education stuff lives. Uh, the podcast is called Grow Your Video Business. And funny enough that we talked about uh, this this workshop and this blueprint. Um, if you guys are interested, there is uh, you can download a sample of what one of our blueprints look like if you go to studiosherpas.com slash blueprint. So studiosherpas.com slash blueprints. Uh, and then um, you'd be able to just get a sense of like what we're delivering to this. It's an, literally like what we have sent to a client. Um, and then there's even more information about because I've turned this into a digital course. Uh, so there are a number of Studio Sherpa students that I have that have bought this idea. Like how, how do we do our own workshops? And I take everybody through that. So you can learn more about that. If you sign up, you get the free blueprint, but then you get some emails that kind of explain uh, the workshop in a little bit more detail uh, if it's something that you might be interested in. So, so there's that. I'm literally going to check that out right after this. Yeah, Cause yeah. I was curious the yeah. whole time we were talking about, it. I'm like, I wonder what, what he has in his blueprint. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, honestly, awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if you get like a, well, I mean, we're not thousands of listeners at this point with our podcast, but at least a couple more not yet, uh, maybe one day. Right. But you'll definitely get a couple <laughs> more people probably applying, uh, and uh, signing up for your newsletter, but that that's that's great. That's that's awesome. A lot of a lot of good value in that. And keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, and you too. Like, uh, keep up the good work. Uh, there's there's obviously uh, there are a lot of people out there that uh, want to not feel alone in this work, right? Because it can it can feel like that. And uh, the work that you guys are doing, especially doing it together, uh, I think it's good and. Uh, just a way to invite people into something bigger and to feel a part of something and to to learn. Like, how, how can I learn faster and make fewer mistakes? Uh, so, yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Yeah. Thank you. No, we appreciate it. Cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. All right. We'll, thanks, uh, Ryan. we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys.